right? We got a lot of different things coming at you today, okay? And I'm just sensing a little bit of a lull right now. That. You don't got time to say. All right, let's go. Break it. Break it. Let it cross. Woo! Ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? I've just been handed an urgent and horrifying news story. And I need all of you to stop what you're doing and listen. You're listening to Rock Chalk Sports Talk with Nick Schwert and Derek Johnson on FM 1017 and 1320 KLWN. Hey, happy Friday. He's Derek Johnson. I'm Nick Schwert. This is Rock Chalk Sports Talk. Happy to have you with us. Brandon McAnderson, former Kansas running back, Orange Bowl champion, NBA Junkie is going to join the show coming up here in about 40 minutes. Clippers, the Clippers win game three. Did you like that? Like what, like what I did there? People call them the no. Clippers. I, I, I have my little uh-huh. my little fl- personal I, I flavor to there. it. The Clippers. That's like the guy who is at the bar and is by himself, but he just wants to talk to everybody else. Like he just wants to be a part of the conversation. But he doesn't really watch the NBA, and everybody's watching the game. He's like, "Oh, the Clippers!" Just to, like to try and convince. I viewed it more as like the guy who tries to give everything a nickname. Like, Ooh, Z Bone. Who's Z Bone? You? Like <laughs> I don't know. Okay. I don't hate that actually. Z Bone. Yeah, it's like the, a nickname for you. Yeah, it's like a, no, it's like a, a frat guy who's like trying to give everybody their nicknames as they join the frat. Oh, okay. Yeah. 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 Giving all the pleasures. He's like pointing at them all. He's like, oh, an ass. Your squirrel fart. Yeah. <laughs> that'd be, so, yeah, that'd be, that would be me. I would give everybody repulsive nicknames. Uh, BMAC, that's a good nickname. He's going to join us coming up here in a bit to talk some NBA. Uh, we're going to have a fun four o'clock hour. Uh, I have, we have a little announcement to make at four o'clock regarding RCST. Uh, normally, when people make announcements, it's either that they're coming out of the closet, they're pregnant, or they're dying, and I'll just let you know, none of those three announcements are going to be made today. But I would, I guess that they're all on the table for the future. I wish you wouldn't have said that because now there's less anticipation. Yeah, well, I mean, those are all; those would all be big, big, big announcements. Um, none of which apply. This is pretty big. In this, yeah, yeah, but those are probably slightly bigger. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, if you're around at four o'clock. You can hear that announcement, and if you're not, then you know whatever. <laughs> I don't know buzz what. Buzz off. Yeah, yeah, buzz off. You can uh, listen to it on the podcast on our best of podcast, best of RCST podcast. Did you see that uh, EA Sports has sent a proposal to all FBS schools? This is back from January 15th, so this is actually sent out a while ago. Um, they've been constantly negotiating with schools to try and bring back college football game. But this one, uh, this is made public, and you can kind of read through the whole thing. And this proposal is a licensing proposal for July 2023 to June of 2027. So it would cover four consecutive years of an EA Sports college football game. I think that'd be... Yeah, okay. Are you at all worried that this game is going to come back and suck? Yes. Yeah, because like... like Don't they say that about... like They say that sometimes... I've heard that about people going to Paris. Is is there's this phenomenon where you, you think about something so much and you think about how great it's going to be and you can't wait to do it and then you get there and you're like, oh, okay, this is it? I don't even think it's that. I'm worried that like... Because as as great as as uh, the NCAA football game was and is, Madden has, which is the same creator, EA Sports, has kind of lacked behind. They make and, it the same game correct. every and single year. And I am year. very worried that they are basically just going to take everything about Madden and slap just college teams on there. That's going to be the only difference. And that would suck. But I but 
Was college football ever adored for its gameplay or just the features of being able to run a college football program and getting to do recruiting and, and conference realignment? Yeah. and No, mainly that stuff, but I think everybody... Like, I, I've talked to people today where they're like, the gameplay of NCAA 14 is better than the current Madden. I mean, they've had enough time to to work on it, but you're probably not spending a ton of time working on a game that you don't know if it's ever going to come back. Uh, I don't know. I would say that I would, oh, of course they're going to make some enhancements to it, but you could say that for Madden, but they don't. It's the same game every year. Mm-hmm. And why are they incentivized to change anything? Because people keep buying it. No, you know what the big changes are this year? They added offensive and defensive coordinators, but they're not real people. What do you mean they added them? Like if you're in a franchise mode, you can hire and fire fake people as your offensive and defensive coordinators. So it's just an extra person to fire. Yes. Basically. <laughs> I mean, that's the fun of doing like franchise mode or doing what what is it? I don't even remember what it was called for the college football Dynasty? game. Yeah, that's right. I like doing the Heisman mode, the individual player. Just you're all racking up. Yeah. Of course I am. And racking up just ridiculous individual stats. I remember my guy would throw for like seventy five touchdowns a year. That was fun. That was fun, but I was also fifteen. <laughs> and now I'm 30, and I just wonder if it's going to be the same. I may, honestly, I haven't done the the next-gen console yet, the Xbox or the, the new PlayStation. Mostly because it's been out for eight months, and you still, like, can't buy them anywhere. Which, I don't know how that's a thing, by the way. Do you want people to have this product or not? Uh, I may, I would, I would buy it for the new college football game. Specifically, for just that. Yeah, and it's perfect because... Like, I don't want to buy Madden and then take over the Chiefs and then win the Super Bowl every year, but if I did college football, I could take over as KU, and it would actually be an interesting sort of process of trying to dig KU out of the dumps. I could be Lance Leipold, my dream. I could wear Lance Leipold's skin and be the head coach. That's a weird way of putting it. And be the head coach of Kansas football. No, I don't think it's weird at all. It's respectful. Wear his skin. Yeah, it's it's respect. <laughs> it's respectful more than anything else. Ochai Baji in Chicago for the NBA Combine. He went through the first scrimmage yesterday. Four points on seven shot attempts. Those four points came on a breakaway dunk and a breakaway layup. And I believe he is playing in the second game. Right now, they have like two games a day, and he's in the first one today. Uh, I, well, obviously not watching it, but Matt Tate is reporting on it. Says that uh, he's being aggressive, but not scoring. Uh, he, he did hit a three uh, with no hesitation. Said his legs look a little heavy. Listen, man, I've been super indecisive on what I think Ochai is going to do in terms of going pro or coming back. I've flip-flopped a lot for the first part of the offseason. I was convinced he was coming back. And then I think I just sort of succumbed to groupthink. Everybody else was under the impression that he was leaving. So I thought, okay, fine, he'll go, right? What does he have to gain by coming back? If he just really stinks it up, though, I mean, the measurables were good. The athleticism numbers were good. But if he's terrible in these scrimmages, I don't know what options he's going to have because, again— he can go and do workouts for teams, and he's going to look really good. You get him in an open gym, let him run up and down the court, dunk the ball, knock down some threes. He's going to look impressive. He's a specimen. But he disappears in games, especially you know, when you're s- surrounded with other guys who are trying to, to make an impression on NBA teams. If he stinks again today, could you see the the sort of narrative turning and starting to convince yourself that he's coming back to KU next year? Yeah, I think so. I mean, this matters a lot. It's it's just the idea that, like, you don't want to give everything to a couple scrimmages during the draft combine. You're playing with guys, in a lot of cases, you've never played with. So sometimes it's hard to kind of develop chemistry, especially if you're not the point guard or the center, where if you're the center, you can just rim run. If you're the point guard, then you control the basketball. He's kind of reliant, we know that about Ochai, on what the point guard is doing. So that could make it a little tough. 
So I don't think it just completely, you know, if he has the worst game ever, I don't think it completely makes it to that he has to come back. But, yeah, maybe it sways at 5%, 10%. What percent are you at now? I am at probably 60-40 that he goes. Yeah, I was sort of at like a 70-30 he maybe would go. it's closer to a coin flip. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just, uh, I think it's, it's difficult for me to like put myself in his shoes and go through what would end up being a disappointing week at the Combine and saying to yourself, like, this still makes sense. Unless you were just convincing yourself of that the whole time. But I don't know what NBA teams are going to tell him. I can imagine most of them are going to say, hey, man, like, we don't need you to necessarily be the guy who's initiating offense or being a secondary ball handler or even developing like a, a ball handling game where you can go and get your own shot. Like we've talked about that a lot, but even if you don't do that, you still got to be a three and D guy. Like that's your easiest path forward to making it in the league. Three and D. But what if you don't do that? Like what if you can't even showcase that on a semi-competitive level? If you're timid, because that's another thing with him, man. He's not always looking for his shot. I don't know if he has that killer instinct. So if you're going to be a 3 and D guy, but you're afraid to take threes, what is it that you do? It's like office space. What is it that you say you do here? And that would be my big question for him. Because, he, again, he'll get the calls and he'll go do workouts. But I can't imagine any team's going to give him any type of assurance. First or second round. I just don't see it. What if they give him the assurance, though, of, hey, if you're undrafted, we'll give you a two-way contract? You know, is that enough? It's hard to say. Because if that's what he's going to show, I'm not convinced that next year on a team where he's going to get less shots, he's going to have any better of an opportunity to showcase that. I disagree, because everything you talked about Sam Vecini with, that doesn't sound like stuff that's based on what numbers did you put up. The lapses on the court. The maybe good on-ball defense, but sometimes not great off-ball defense. That's stuff that it doesn't matter about your shots. What matters more is your efficiency, the percentages, and do you become a better defender? Yeah, I mean, the the, the, the thing about Remy, though, because that's what we're really talking about here is the presence that he is going to have and the effect that he's going to have on other guys. Is he going to make life easier for everybody else? Is he going to make everybody else look better? With Remy, you're talking about a guy who's a prodigious scorer and who's going to command a lot of defensive attention, but he's not necessarily known for being the best creator for others. So while I think there's going to be better spacing and more opportunities... It's important to note that even if it's him or Joe Yesifu, these aren't guys who I think are going to be spending a lot of time driving to pass. They're going to be spending a lot of time driving to shoot. And if they are passing, they're probably dumping it off to the big guy down low. So I don't actually think that there's going to be a ton of, I mean, we've talked about this. I don't think there's going to be a ton of volume there. So if you're a guy who's shooting 44%, but you're taking two less threes or a three and a half less per game than you were last year, is that doing anything for your stock? It's hard to say. Because I think NBA teams are smart enough to look at things like that and say, uh, yeah, he was better, but you don't fall for the smoke and mirrors. NBA teams aren't going to go, whoa, the numbers are so much better. I guess we'll draft him. Now they're going to say, no, we know why the numbers are better. We watched. He was on a better team. They made him look better. That's not necessarily a feather in his cap or a reason why all of a sudden we should be more interested in him now than we were a year ago. So I, I don't know. I don't know exactly what it's going to do, but if, if he performs poorly again today, I do think it makes the conversation a little more open-ended than maybe it felt like it was a week or two ago. Uh, we'll continue monitoring that because that game is going on right now. So if anything noteworthy happens, we'll be sure to let you know. He's Dirk Johnson. I'm Nick Schwartz. You're listening to Rock Shock Sports Talk. This episode is brought to you by Tommy's Express Car Wash. Join the Tommy Club. You can download the Tommy Club app and enjoy endless washing 
for one low price, Derek. That means unlimited car washes, unlimited clean, shiny, and dry, unlimited use of exclusive app lane, which, by the way, I've taken advantage of. It's kind of like the the express lane on the highway. You don't necessarily like to lord over everybody else, but when you're zooming through and getting in to get your car washed first, like that's why it's called Tommy's Express, right? You get unlimited access to all their locations, unlimited guest service, and perhaps most importantly, unlimited happiness, Derek. And I think that's something that we just don't emphasize nearly enough in life. I'm looking at your car right now. I'm thinking it could maybe use a trip to Tommy's Express. What do you got going on later? Thinking maybe you should stop there on your way home. You're going to at least consider it? I will absolutely be going to Tommy's Express car wash. Now, the, the outside of your car, the exterior, it does look okay. Where my concern begins is the interior of your car. Yeah. When you have I, a, I don't a think dog. I don't think the inside of that car has seen a deep cleaning in quite some time. No, when you have a dog, when you have a golden retriever, you got hair everywhere. And they have those vacuums that... You know, it's going to get out for you. So, yeah, I'm definitely making an appointment. Tommy's Express car wash. What I love about the the vacuums at Tommy's Express, the cord comes down from the top. So you're not having to try and wrap it around your car and getting yourself into a pretzel. No, very flexible vacuums. You want to go to the left side of the car, the right side of your car. You're perfectly good. Tommy's Express car wash. Wash, rinse, repeat. Clippers get game three once again. A must-win game for L.A. They get it on the night where Chris Paul returns for Phoenix. Could that be the end of this miraculous run for the Suns? Let's talk about it with Brandon McAnderson, former Kansas running back, Orange Bowl champion with the Jayhawk Radio Network, but most importantly, NBA enthusiast. He joins us now on the show. That was a gotta-have-it sort of game for the Clippers. Do you feel like that turns the tide in this series? I don't know if it turns the tide, because I think they were playing pretty even anyway. Um, but it definitely makes things more interesting for the viewers. You know, 3-0 would have been a death sentence, so it's nice that, you know, we're going to get a competitive series, and based on all three games, look what looks like it'll be a long series. I'm hoping it goes seven. Yeah, I just, it felt like that was the turning point in the past series for the Clippers, was just getting that, that game three. I don't know what to make of this Suns run, because it's it's sort of, as it's unfolded in front of my eyes, there's part of me that still is is having trouble grasping the idea that the Suns may be the team best suited to win the NBA Finals this year. And with the pedigree that Kawhi brings, if he's able to come back for Game 4, it just kind of feels like maybe this is the moment where where the universe sort of realigns itself and the Clippers end up winning it. It doesn't feel like the universe is going to realign itself in the NBA this year. I know it's, you know, you don't get a lot of variance in the NBA, generally speaking. Um, but I just think that's what the recipe for this season is. I think it's a one-off season. Um, I think it's completely unique, and I don't think it's going to change. I watched these four teams play, and if any one of them won the championship, I wouldn't be surprised. And that's even with the Clippers in their current state. Um, but I do think the Suns are the most competent team in terms of I like that they play with variants, you know, guys shooting mid-range, guys shooting floaters, guys shooting threes. It's a nice contrast, you know, again, for teams like the Clippers who just shoot threes and layups. I mean, so it's nice to see, you know, a team that uh, does some different things, you know, still plays a more traditional style of basketball. But I also think that's why these games have generally been closer because the Suns aren't a great three-point shooting team and they're not a high-volume three-point shooting team either. Um, but I think that's why I like to watch them the most. So they're kind of the team that I'm rooting for, and it'd be nice to see Chris Paul get the monkey off his back as well. Will you look at whoever ends up winning the title this year? Will you look at them differently than you would any other NBA champion? No, I wouldn't, because ultimately it's, it's kind of felt like a war of attrition all year. I don't think that we're done. You know, being that the Clippers just finished their 16th game in the last 32 days, <laughs> so they've been playing every other day for a month. Um, and you see that Marcus Morris is starting to have some knee issues, that he, he actually looked better last game. Um, so I think that the injury train is not quite finished. I'm hoping that it is. Uh, but it's impacted the playoffs so much, I don't think it's quite done yet. Um, I, they, no one can control injuries. And, you know, and some of these teams, it's not – you know, the Hawks are a surprising team, to say the least. 
but it's not been fluky. You know, you had the game where Trey Young, you know, last game nearly scored 50. But they didn't win because he scored 50. They won because of offensive rebounds. They won because of toughness. You know, they won because they stuck it out and didn't make big, glaring mistakes. And then you watch the Bucks, who are an extremely talented team that can't stop making mistakes. You know, so it's like they're somehow evenly matched, even though their rosters aren't. So I don't think that there's anything that, I, that would make me think that there's a champion that's just so unique that they, that they are less of a champion. Um, but it's going to be in the conversation for, you know, least talented championship team, you know, up there with uh, that Mavericks team that won with Dirk Nowitzki and that Heat team that won with uh, Wade and, and Shaq. So I think it's going to be up there in terms of, you know, whoever wins this, the overall team, uh, but it's been fun to watch. So what does that mean? Does that, does that, does that mean that the, the Hawks are just playing closer to their ceiling than a team like the Bucks are? Because that's what it feels like when you watch them. It's, I know which team is supposed to be better, but I also see which team is playing as good as they possibly can versus a team that's just sort of survived to this point. I mean, that is exactly how I would put it. I wish I was as eloquent as you <laughs> um, and in saying that, but it's really, that's what's happening. The Hawks are down to their two wing rotation players and Reddish and Hunter. Bogdanovich is banged up. They're closing last, last game. They closed with Solomon Hill. The previous series, they closed with Gallinari, John Collins, Capella, Herter, and Trey Young. I mean, I think it's really just that. And that's also been a big part of this journey also is with all the injuries, all the changes, all the dynamics shifting constantly. I think we're getting a good appreciation for just how much NBA coaching has to adjust moment to moment, game to game. Because guys like Nate McMillan, uh, Monty Williams, uh, Ty Lue have been unreal. And guys like Bo Budenholzer has been you know, he's not doing the obvious things, <laughs> you know, like, uh, you know, playing Brooke Lopez and that drop pick and roll against Trey Young. I mean, read any article ever written about the Hawks. It's literally the worst defense you can possibly play against that type of player. They did it anyway. And it's just one of those things where you're seeing the strength of the Clippers have the same team they had last year, and they're significantly better because of coaching. And then you're seeing a team like the Bucks, who is, in my opinion, more talented than the remaining teams, but could lose to any of them on any night. Talking to Brandon McAnderson here on Rock Chuck Sports Talk. Uh, if you could choose one for your team, would you rather have for the next five years, 10 years, for the, let's do the entirety of their careers, would you rather have Trey Young or Devin Booker? Ooh, that's a tough one. Um, I'm going to go with Devin Booker just because he's younger than you would think. You know, he was one of those super young guys when he was 24. Draft. I think he's still, still under 25 going into his like sixth or seventh year. Um, so I think there's value in his experience. The other thing I like about him is how competitive he is on defense. You know, there's a gripe to be made about, you know, is he a good team defender? But I think he's also proven that he's so competitive. He has no issues actually guarding his men, uh, which I appreciate. The, the Trey Young thing, everybody, the, the, the detractors for Trey Young ultimately were saying, what happens in a playoffs where he has to guard someone? You know, can they, can they sustain this style of play when he has to guard someone? Somehow, through the, the luck of the basketball gods, he's played now going on his third team that cannot take advantage of it. You know, they just, the Knicks, couldn't take advantage of it at all because they just weren't a pick and roll team. They only had one, you know, on ball creator and Derrick Rose. So he didn't have to guard him. You move on to the Sixers. The Sixers actually have no on ball creators. I mean, it's basically uh, Joel Embiid, Seth Curry, and then a little, uh, a sprinkle of Tobias Harris. So nobody they could actually use to affect the game on that end. Then you're watching the Bucks. They stick him on P.J. Tucker because P.J. Tucker is not a dribbler, not a creator. And they have just had the perfect run of teams where his one glaring weakness as a player has not been taken advantage of. And ultimately, it's hilarious <laughs> because not because he's small. He doesn't even try. 
Like if you put him in action, he'll let it go because he he has such a large offensive load. And I don't think I mean we saw him at OU. Say he has no interest in playing defense. No, he does not try. The issue is is that these teams either don't have shot creation off the dribble, or they're just not creative enough in, in making him play defense. Like he's guarding PJ Tucker. PJ Tucker goes and stands in the corner. PJ Tucker's an okay shooter. Why don't you just run him off some screens, like for no reason though? Just to run him off some screens so that Trey Young is chasing him somewhere. They don't do that. And it's the same thing with the Sixers. You know, he's guarding, you know, uh who you know, Tab- or excuse me, um what's that cat's name? The the defender, the, the uh, Matisse Tybel. Uh, Matisse Tybel. Matisse Tybel's just standing there. You know, it's like these kind of things are like put him in some actions just for the sake of putting him in action. You know, not that you plan to shoot, but that he's actually exerting energy. Um, so I think that he's benefited from that quite a bit. And the question is, will they run into a team that can actually take advantage of that? So far, the answer is no. And I think that the only team that would put him in that in that bind is the Suns um, and maybe the Clippers. But they're been, they've been able to protect him on defense pretty easily and ultimately because these pe- these teams cannot get out of their own way on something that should be very, very simple. You know, on the flip side of things, offensively, it's puzzling to me that none of these teams have found a way to disrupt anything he does on that end of the court. I mean, the Sixers did a little bit with Ben Simmons, but Ben Simmons is going to give anybody trouble, right? He's a first-team All-NBA player. Um, but you look at the elite players in the league, like even Giannis, when you go back to the Nets series, like Brooklyn found ways to make him uncomfortable. Oddly enough, it was like Blake Griffin, right? It was just putting a big, strong defender in front of him. Even the best players in the league are, are with the exception of like Kevin Durant, right? Are, are all met with some sort of resistance defensively. And it's puzzling to me that you've got this undersized player. I'm not trying to take anything away from him, but teams have found ways to stop guys like that in the past yet. Every single time we see Trey Young, he looks so comfortable. Right. So, one, he deserves credit for that because, two, I didn't think he could be this type of player. He seemed more like a, I'm going to prove everybody wrong guy. I can do this. And that's who he has been. You know, he always talks about the disrespect, but that was warranted. What he's became in the playoffs is better. He's better. He's used his teammates better. But if you look at that Bucks game, I thought he took horrible threes in that game, especially when he was having so much success in the mid-range with that floater game. But he kind of took himself out of the game shooting a lot of deep threes. So I think there's something to be said about that, that they've got a lineup with Herder, Solomon Hill, John Collins, (laughs) Capella. You know, where is the offensive creation for any of those players? Like, he's the type of guy, to me, when they have these lineups on the court, Kevin Herter needs to be handling the ball. I would just double him in half court. Not for the sake that, not just because he gives us a lot of trouble and gives most teams a lot of trouble, because let's see if these other guys can do it. I mean, like, I've not seen Herter create off the dribble other than late in that Seth, that, that Seth Curry matchup he had in Game 7 where he was awesome. But he's not been a, uh, a play-to-play creator. Bogdanovich is banged up. He can but he wasn't in a lot of those late moments. It's like, this is a close game. It's a four or five point game. And they're switching screens with Trey Young, double them just to see, I mean, especially when you have guys like Giannis, they're putting Giannis in pick and roll action. I'm hard doubling because Trey Young is five ten, and Giannis looks like one of the monsters. So not only let's see if somebody else can make a play, Let's see if he can make a pass over a seven foot man that's standing in front of him. It is really puzzling, but, I tell you what, Budenholz is over there looking like Beetlejuice, and he don't have a lot of answers. So I don't expect <laughs> him to make any kind of adjustment. I would expect, you know, a Monty Williams type, a Ty Lue type, to really try to rush him and make him do something differently. Because like you said, it's not just that he's getting numbers. It's the ease with which he's able to get to his spots that something has to change. Because he's, a, he's an extremely low turnover guy, and that's another thing that has really helped him is that he doesn't turn the ball over. So I, in my opinion, I would rush him and just make someone else finish these plays because it's got to be worth it to you when a guy goes for 50 and 10 or whatever he did in that first game. Are you willing to say after after last night, are we willing to 
uh, say that Paul George has exercised his playoff demons or does he still have more to do? Is there anything short of a title run that is going to get him off the hook? I don't know. Some of it's like self-inflicted, you know, his own playoff name. I mean, he's also like one of the worst playoff interviewees there is. I don't know why anybody. (laughs) I don't know why they keep sending him out there. (laughs) Let's just not have him out because if you think about it, when he was with the Pacers, this wasn't a thing. Like he was a big time when he was young. He was a big time player. He was you know competing, going toe to toe with D Wade, LeBron. You know he gets to Oklahoma City, and this is when it starts. He starts making these weird comments. And it hasn't stopped. So then people are judging him more on the comments than his play. If you look at his play, he's been pretty good. He's been, he's a guy that you would consider to be a star that's a level below a superstar. His numbers prove that, that he's a star, but a level below a superstar who can sometimes be a superstar. So I think he kind of is what he is. He's a, he's a good player that has good games sometimes. So the, I think he's more, his stuff might be more self-inflicted than KD's. I mean, just this constant stream of garbage that people end up judging him more on more than his actual play. But I don't know. I think I've been really impressed with the Clippers, and I've been more impressed with Tyler than anything else. Before I let you go, Jason Kidd looks like he's going to be the next head coach for the Mavericks. Uh, Rick Carlisle, on his way out, said that he hopes Jason Kidd gets the job, which makes me think <laughs> that... He thinks that's going to be a disaster. And typically when a guy who plays for a team comes back and tries to coach the team, it doesn't work all, out all that well. Uh, what do you think of Jake Kidd with the Mavs? I think it's awesome to see him get another shot. You know, his uh, that Nets-Bucks thing was weird, how he started with the Nets, hopped to the Bucks, Bucks thing didn't work out. And well, he was, trying to, he was trying to backstab everybody on his way up, like trying to take everybody's jobs. You know what? That'll be interesting, though, because it seems like I think the thinking is that his style of play as a player um, and his way of thinking the game is something that, you know, he can kind of comprehend what Luke is going going through. But I think the bigger issue is the front office. I mean, the Mavericks front office has been a train wreck from sexual assault to uh to discrimination against women, to uh, people not knowing who has the power, to Luca being a bridezilla. Good luck. They're bringing they're bringing in a rep from Nike to be the GM, and they're bringing in Jason Kidd to be the head coach. And ultimately, if Luca is not going to be somebody that's easy to work with, and this seems like it's going to be uh, a revolving door kind of thing, and I think Luca is a bigger diva um, than we've been led to believe. You know, it's kind of been you know him and. Luca and Trey are always connected because of that trade. But if you'd have asked the straw poll before this year, who do you see as a bigger diva? 100% of the people would have said Trey Young. But what we've been, what we've come to find in, in year two, three is that Luca is a huge diva. He cries all the time to the rest and apparently was insubordinate in the front office. So I think that's going to be an issue that's not going to solve itself because we always consider – they got this talent when he was young and they cultivated him, you know, thinking about guys like Dirk Nowitzki and guys like Tim Duncan. But what we're finding is there is no more Dirk Nowitzkis and Tim Duncan's in terms of personality, in terms of sacrifice, in terms of, you know, understanding the big picture. And I think Luke will get there because he's young, uh, but hopefully he starts to change sooner than later. He's Brandon McAnderson. Check out his work with Jayhawk Radio Network, former Kansas running back with us on Fridays. BMAC, thank you as always for the time, man. Thanks for having me. All right, it's 4 o'clock, and this is Rock Chalk Sports Talk. We've got a Let's Rank stuff coming later this hour. We've got a fun little game to play. Would you like to play a game with us? We'll be doing that uh, coming up here in about half an hour or so. So I teased it at the top of the show, and if you are listening uh, because of the Twitter announcement that we put out. Psych! Yeah, there's nothing. There's nothing for you. We just we tricked you into listening, and now you're stuck, right? Okay. You got to listen to it now, baby. Uh, No, so we got a little announcement to make uh, regarding the future of the show. I don't really know how to do this. I scripted a few things out, and uh, I ended up deleting all of them because... Oh, way to go. Oh, this is basically you at a wedding. You wrote on a note card, 
start talking on this, then crumple up note card in print. You know what? On the note card. You to know make what? It I don't like need this. Belt. Yeah. It was written on the card. I actually did do that at a wedding once. I just, no, I had, well, no, I just like, I, I wrote something on my hand, just like bullet points, but that's the same way we do the show. Mm-hmm. I mean, we don't script a lot of the show. We just like sort of bullet pointed out. Here's what I want to say. And then let the conversation take over. Okay. Wasted enough time. Um, I'm leaving rock shock sports talk. I, uh, I'm not going to get into specifically where I'm going to be going. I can't really do that right now as, as to what my next move is, but, uh, I, in uh, about a week and a half, will be doing my last show as the host of this program. I have been here for a little over six years as the host, and before that, you know, a year and a half as uh, a producer on this show, I was an intern starting back in 2012 when Brian Haney was still here, which... Is crazy to think about. I've spent almost a decade here, and I would say that, you know, I caught here a kid, and I'm leaving a man. I grew up, did a lot of, but I didn't, you know? I don't feel like I really grew up at all here, but I feel like I just spent the better part of my adult life in this building, working on this show. And I don't really know exactly what that means, because I don't even really know what I we've accomplished here, <laughs> but I know it's been a hell of a lot of fun. Um, I'm going to miss working on this show. I really am. Um, it was a dream for me to host this show for as long as I did to be a part of this show. As a kid from Topeka who grew up a KU fan and, uh, you know, did like the idea that you would have told me when I was a little kid that, I would be hosting a show talking about Kansas, KU basketball, KU football. I would have told you that was the dream, and it has been a dream. It's been so awesome. And what's made it so awesome is, you know, the people like you, Derek. Like, this is like a public breakup. This is like if you're, you know, well, in your case, your wife, like, took you to a party in front of all your friends and, and said she wanted a divorce. Like that Everybody would be, circle around. This has got to be incredibly humiliating. Because I know. it's not me. It is you. Mm-hmm. It is, unfortunately, you. I've enjoyed the <laughs> hell out of working with you. Um, I don't How long have you been working here? I've been here for six years. How long have you been doing the show? Uh, 2016. Summer of 2016. And, <laughs> I, and, I mean, before you can, I just want to thank you because okay. you're the one who gave me this opportunity. Um, I just needed somebody who was willing yeah, to yeah. do a job with little work. reward, little pay, <laughs> and uh, and little re- yeah, just just you were willing to do it. Okay, so <laughs> don't give me too much credit. But over the course of of that run, uh, we've had a hell of a lot of fun making this show, and in my honest opinion, doing a show that I I didn't feel like a lot of other people were doing at this level. And, and I feel like what we did was we took a, a local show and, and it was local, but we made it bigger than that because uh, we did a lot of stupid stuff. We did a lot of stupid stuff. A lot of stupid stuff. Um, and we somehow made it, I hope, fun for a lot of people who listened. And that's all we tried to do was make each other laugh and in turn hoping that you would be laughing with us. And I, and I hope that was the case. I will say I am leaving on my own terms. I will, I'll tell you that much, okay? I am not being fired, which that in and of itself is an accomplishment. Because they say in radio or in journalism, you don't really start until you get fired. Maybe that's just a radio thing. And I haven't been fired from this job again there will be some stories that will come out over oh, the next week. Oh, don't worry. I'll start some rumors once you're gone. No, I mean, I, I'm talking about just things that have happened in the past that we've had to kind of keep under wraps for whatever reason. Like, there's going to be some fun stories to tell over the next week and a half now that it doesn't really matter anymore. Um, but there have been some close calls, right? There have been some close calls where I kind of wondered, like, am I going to am I gonna be working here on Monday? But uh, somehow, maybe nobody was paying attention to us, which if in that case, that was... <laughs> probably for the better, uh, get to leave on my own terms and, uh, I'm excited for what's next, but it's, uh, it's, it was tough, man. It's tough. It's tough saying goodbye to this show because, uh, 
it's uh, it's meant a lot to me. Well, and again, I, I just want to say, like, thank you so much because not just everything um, you've done for the show, for myself getting in here, um, you've always been a big proponent of me, um, helped my career. Anything I need, you've always been there. And I can just say I have learned more about how to do a show, how to be on radio from you in these four years than I had in my whole life prior to that. So I want to thank you for that. You will be sorely missed. Always welcome back. And, uh, yeah, we're going to miss you on the show. Everybody is. Yeah. Yeah. We love you, man. I mean, I, uh, I appreciate you saying that, man. I appreciate you saying that. I, uh, you know, the people are what made this so great. I mean, the listeners and you guys have all been so great and doing some of the stuff we've done with, with RCSC trivia. Like that's so much fun and just getting to interact with people and, and doing fun things like that. And, and the feedback has always been, not always been positive. I wouldn't lie to say that. Uh, but you know, I feel like people have taken to the show and that, that was, it's such an encouraging thing when you, you, you try stuff and you don't know exactly if anybody likes it or if anybody's going to do it. Cause we, we tried and failed and did a lot of stuff and we took some risks and I'm, and I'm so happy for that. And, and we're going to keep doing that because I, I've still got what, eight shows, seven more shows after this, which is crazy to think about that. I've only got seven shows left on these airwaves doing this, this program. Um, but uh, we're going to make the most of that too. And I'm, and I'm so thankful for, you know, I don't know if any of them are listening, but you know, you think about all the guests that the, the, the regulars, as we kind of refer to them as that, that come on week after week, year after year, and never had to do that and gave us great content. And, and we developed what I thought was, was more than just, uh, Hey, we got 15 minutes to fill. Let's call so-and-so, right? Like, um, these people became legitimately friends of us and friends of the show. And I never felt like I was interviewing anybody. Like I, I like to think that I was just bringing them on, uh, to have conversations. And I, and I, and I'm proud of, of the relationships that we've built. And I'm so thankful for, for all the, and you know, who you are, if you are listening, most of you guys have already called and, and let know and, and talked to you about this, but, uh, you know, it, it's, nobody had to do those sorts of things. Nobody had to come on the show and, and give us an hour of their time and, and give us 15 minutes of their time every single week when you probably didn't want to and you wondered, am I getting anything out of this? And and you probably didn't. I'm, I'm here to finally report you probably didn't. And the show's going to go on, right? Like So, like, Rock Chalk Sports Talk's not going to die. We're not taking it out to pasture. Just me, right? Don't I'm take dying? the show. You can take me. No. Now, I already said there's usually right. three things that happen when you make an announcement, and uh, none of those th- three things are uh, are going to be happening, but uh, yeah, it's bittersweet, man, bittersweet. Because I'm excited for, you know, what I'm going to be doing after this. But it's certainly, you know, a chapter in my life that's that's meant a lot. That uh, I'm going to be closing here pretty soon. So uh, once again, uh, thank you, thank you, Derek. Um, you know everything you said about me uh, uh, doubles. I would tell anybody this in any line of work. If you can find somebody that that you respect and that you enjoy working with do that as long as you possibly can, because you will always be fulfilled if you are working with people that you enjoy being around and that, that want to accomplish the same things as you. And that's what I feel like we've had here on RCST over the past couple of years. And that's why it's been so fun. And that's why it's it's so hard for me to ever want to leave because there's a fear of if you're ever going to find that anywhere else, there's a fear of, are you ever going to find somebody else who is going to be on the same wavelength or is aligned in what you want to try or is fearless in trying to do new things and to take risks in the sake of making content, which is, it's it. It's just just like stupid sports slash sophomoric humor content. Like that's all we've been doing, but uh, we've had a hell of a time doing it and we're going to have some more fun over, uh, the next uh, week and a half or so. And then I'll be like Kaiser Sose. <laughs> Poof, I'm gone. All right, let's do something else next, but let's take a break first. This is Rock Shark Sports Talk. This weather update is brought to you by Your York. 
All right, in order to lighten the mood on a dreary Friday afternoon, we thought we would bring you another edition of the most self-explanatory segment in the history of Sports Talk Radio. It's time for Let's Rank Stuff. Derek, I've got a lot of stuff in the hopper that I've got to get out here. Wow. Unlimited time. Let's rank stuff of things you haven't ranked yet. Yeah, honestly, write that down. We may get to that on Monday. But for today, I want to go over something I've been noticing lately. Everywhere I go, you know what I see? People. That's right. Oh. You know what? More specifically, I see people named Steve. Hey, <laughs> meet my friend Steve. His name's Steve. Steve this, Steve that. It's driving me insane. So once and for all, I want to put it to rest. We're going to take a look at the top 10 Steves. Wow. That's right. All right, let's Number get it going. 10. Number 10, Steve Smith Jr., the wide receiver formerly of the Carolina Panthers, now doing work with the NFL Network. Are you sure you don't mean the Steve Smith from the Giants? Another I good receiver. Or Steve Smith Jr. of the Ravens version, because I think he did I don't win remember him. Uh, Comeback Player of the Year. But you're talking about five-time Pro Bowler, two-time All-Pro, over 14,000 career yards, and 81 touchdowns. That's enough to crack the top 10 in my book. Number nine. Number nine? Steve Young. Mm, he should be higher. MVP? Super Bowl winner? Yeah. Uh, he's got a Super Bowl. He's Lefty? got two-time MVPs, actually. Three of those Super Bowls. He's got the golden jacket, too. The problem is Steve Young not great at the uh, football analyst role. I don't no, love don't him like there. Him. I've docked him some points. He got knocked down a few spots there. Can you tell me, is he the highest-ranked left-handed Steve? Mm, I cannot confirm or deny mm. that. Number eight. Number eight, Steve Harvey. Steve hmm. Harvey. Also should be higher. The comedian. That'd what? be a good list. Okay, then what do... Well, I mean, we'll wait and see who's ranked ahead of him. I just... Okay, theory, what's your favorite roles that Steve Harvey's been in? Name one thing other than Family, family Feud. feud. <laughs> Name one thing other than Family Feud. Uh, he did the uh, Miss America pageant, and that was funny because he messed up. That's right. <laughs> he did mess up, so I maybe I should have bumped him up a few more. But for now, Steve Harvey comes in at number eight. Number seven. Number seven, Steve Kerr. Talk about a jack wow. of all trades. Maybe a king of all trades. Everything he's done, he's been good at. You want me to play basketball for you? How about, I don't know, five NBA championships? You want me to coach basketball for you? Oh, I don't know. How about three more You want me to NBA talk NBA basketball with you on TNT? One of the best Whoa. in the biz. One of the best interviews. One of the best podium guys. He'll knock down threes. He'll win you a title. He's still got that great infamous picture of him in the fur coat. Everything does. Everything Steve Kerr does is golden. So Steve Kerr is the number seven Steve. Number six. It pained me to put him so far down the list here. But at number six, Steve Buscemi. <laughs> you think you pronounced it like that? Uh, I actually know. I went back and watched in my uh, research for this list. I went back and watched a late night interview where he does clarify that his name is pronounced Buscemi. Uh, is he the highest ranked Italian, Steve? Hmm. Steve Mariucci? I think so. I think he is going to be the highest ranked. I mean, dude, so many good roles. He's great in comedies, also great in, you know, the more dramatic films. If you think about Reservoir Dogs, iconic. Nucky Thompson, Boardwalk Empire. If you haven't watched it, you should. And then all of a sudden, he just, like, found this lane of doing Adam Sandler movies and always being like the comedic relief weird looking guy like embracing the fact that you're weird and sort of ugly looking is such a good trait to have as an actor he's done it better than anybody else that's why Steve Buscemi comes in at number six number five number five Steve Jobs founded Apple and as far as I'm concerned he created the internet as well but I actually docked him points for that because I'm not sure Apple or the internet are good things for us as human beings. What uh, if Steve Jobs ends up leading to the destruction of society because yeah, our I phones agree. kill us? No, technology bad. Um, so, yeah, I don't think he should be on this list. Also, drop that high school, that role model for right. kids you, in high school who are like, who are basically dropping out and they're like, but Steve Jobs did it. And it's like, okay, it well, Steve Jobs it's different. Smart. Yeah. Told everybody not to go to college. Well, I mean, some people <laughs> yeah. need that degree if they want to prosper in life. Steve Jobs, number five. Number four. Number four, another former Steve, rest in peace, Steve Irwin, ah, the crocodile hunter. Love some Steve Irwin. Crikey! Mm -hmm. That's that's my limited 
Steve Irwin impersonation. I'll give it to you one more time. Crikey! That one was actually worse than the first one, which you wasn't good to begin go? with. One last time. Let's end it with a bang. Oh, crikey! That was the best one. See, I needed the three. Steve Irwin comes in at number four. Number three. Number three, Steve Carell. I mean, Michael Scott, mm-hmm. Brick, and uh, various other roles. But that's pretty much all he's needed to. Yeah, I mean, he's been in serious movies. Forty-year-old virgin. Lately. Yeah. Think about the uh, think about the the. That's career what we term. should do sometime. Is just look at all of the the great comedians of our time. And just take their top three roles. Television, movies, otherwise. Take their top three roles and find out, like, whose holy trinity of roles are the best. Because if you gave me Steve Carell and just said, Steve Jobs, not Steve Jobs, Michael Scott, which is, like, one of the most iconic television characters ever, and then you gave me Brick Tamland and the 40-year-old version, that's pretty tough to beat. Yeah, good luck beating that. Uh, That's worthy of being uh, top three Steves. Isn't it weird, though, like how much of a career turn he has done? I mean, you go from a guy being in, like you said, you can talk about that holy trinity of comedy movies. You can bring him up in, like, serious movies. Maybe not to the level of some of those other guys now, but, like, he's in the big short, you know? He's in, uh, I think he was in Fargo, right? I mean, he's been in, like, a lot of really good movies lately. Yeah, he's just a good actor. He's a good thespian, as we call it. Number three. Number two. Number two, Steve Nash, the top rated wow, Canadian. Ooh. Yeah, the top rated Canadian, I think, because I don't know where number one was born, did not come up in my research. But I don't believe he's Canadian. Hall of Famer, two-time MVP, back-to-back MVPs. What was it? Eight-time All-Star, seven-time mm-hmm. NBA. Now head coach of a disappointing Brooklyn Nets team. That should have dropped him. Not his fault. Injuries. Okay, let me ask you. If you were on your deathbed, and, you know, your your grandson or whatever comes up to you and says, Grandpa, you can only watch one more Steve on the TV. Do you want to rewatch a Steve Carell movie or a Steve Nash highlights? I want to watch I want to watch Steve Nash highlights. That's the wrong answer. Two-time MVPs. How many MVPs does Steve Carell have? Answer the question, how many MVPs does Steve an, Carell have? Is an Oscar or an Emmy worth the same as an MVP? Absolutely not. No, there's no acting Hall of Fame. There's an MVP, basically. It's like actor of the year or something. I don't know. Yeah, but it's all about actor of the year. Not what, what about with actresses? Steve Nash was the best basketball player in the world for two years in a row. One of them, not though. for one performance, for an entire season. That's tougher to do. That's consistency. That's why Steve Nash comes in at number two. Both of them are fraud MVPs. All right, number one, though. It doesn't even matter because neither one of them are the number one Steve. The number one Steve of all the Steves is... Steviest. Steve Martin. Ah, I was waiting for him to show up on the list. Martin comes in at number one. One of the greatest comedians of all time. Starting on Saturday Night Live. I don't even know if he was on the cast, if he just hosted all the time. Um, I mean, think about it, man. Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. Dirty Rotten Scoundrels. Uh, Three Amigos. So many iconic roles. Okay, and here's, he's not here's done. an issue, though. And he's not done. Here's an issue. What have you done for me lately? What have you done for me lately? He's... He doesn't need to do anything else for you lately. He has... Resting on his laurels. ...a treasure trove of content for you to consume the rest of your lives. There's so many movies that he's been in that you haven't even seen. That's your fault. That's on you. He's waiting for the rest of us to catch up. He said, I've put out a lifetime worth of content. You people haven't consumed it all. And until you do, I'm not putting out anymore. I'm pretty sure he just went on a tour with Martin Short where they like play the banjo and it's like half music, half comedy. So it's like Three Amigos. And even though that sounds like nothing that I would ever like to listen to or watch, uh, I'm sure it's funny because he's the number one Steve and he can do no wrong. Steve Martin, congratulations. Today is your day. Steve Nash would cross him over. I'm sure he would. I'm sure he would. He would put Steve Martin on roller skates. There's no doubt about it. All right, that's Let's Rank Stuff. This is Rock Chalk Sports Talk. College World Series raging on. 
in Omaha. What a great tradition. Have you ever been to Omaha for the you you would be a guy to go. I want to. It's on my bucket list of sports items. It's I right actually, there. It's right up yeah, the Yeah, I joked with I, I went to a wedding in San Diego last week and I joked with the guy. I was like, Do I really have to go to this? Like I can see a couple of these guys like Kumar Rockers pitching. He's supposed to be a top five pick for Vanderbilt. You know, why go to the wedding? I can see that. Isn't that the guy who got pulled off the mound today because of COVID? Oh, I don't know. I didn't see that. Yeah. You were too busy doing I other was things. Too busy. Yeah. Well, maybe it was because you were too busy preparing mm. this game. We are playing another game. I love playing games mm. with you, Derek. Um, quit playing games with my heart. Single by NSYNC. What about Saw? Do you want to play a game? Yeah, it's good stuff as well. Uh, so let's play a game right now encompassing the College World Series, getting you ready for the College World Series the only way we know how. What's the name of today's game? College World Series player or Nick, the 4th of July is in a week. Signee of the Declaration of Independence. I know a couple. John Hancock, Mm -hmm. Thomas Jefferson, Mm -hmm. Bill (laughs) Smithson. There are 55 signatures. Oh, wow. The Declaration of Independence. A lot to choose from here. Well, those are more traditional names, so I feel like I'll be able to distinguish. All right, so again, if you've uh, missed this, how we do it, we have a college football season. We're sticking with the 14 playoff. We're not in... You know, 2026 or whenever the 12th team is going to happen yet. But we go through a college football season. I got 12 games for you. Depending on how you do, will depend on if you make the conference championship, if you make bowl games, if you make the college football playoff. You have one college football playoff national title appearance, but you lost. I mean, that was a while pressure. ago. Yeah, I think like an eight that was, season last year. That was several years ago. As I've said before, I am, I am LSU. I am Oklahoma. I'm competing every single year for conference championships. I'm always in the mix. But is it enough? But I'm not Alabama. I'm not Clemson. And few are, so that's fine. But some schools have a problem with that. All right, week one, Jack Leiter. Jack Leiter is College World Series. That's correct. He is, uh, like, the number one pitcher. For? Vanderbilt. Vandy number one? Um, they are down to elimination, so they have to win out, but they I, came into this. Like I feel this like this is my wheelhouse because I know baseball names and I know founding <laughs> father names. Okay. Want to know. William Williams. Dude. Okay. That is very, very obviously Declaration of Independence name. Oh, Will- that is such a 1700s thing <laughs> to do. That was a uh, FCS opponent. Yeah, that was a How would you cupcake. like to be named Nick Nicks? Um, Schwartz Schwartz. I knew a guy named Lewis Lewis, but <laughs> one of them was spelled L O U I S L E W I S. Parents. Oh yeah, well, yeah, that's that's pretty rough. I think they called him Louie, but it's not much better. I could name my kid John, and then his kid would be John's son, right? John. That's how they do it in uh, in Iceland. John Johnson. Your last name is your dad's name with son at the end. It's a very archaic way to like come it. up with names. Unique. All right, two and zero start. John Morton. John Morton. Hmm. Could go either way with this. <clears throat> There's Johnny Morton, former Chiefs and Lions wide receiver. Charlie Morton, famous for doing the worm as his touchdown celebration. John Morton. Founder of Morton Bill. I'm going to go with Founding Father. All right. Three no start through the non con. Could this be your year on the conference play? Mitchell Daly. Mitchell Daly. Mitchell doesn't seem like an older name. It seems like a newer name because. Agreed. You know what I think about? I think about biblical. Mm -hmm. Biblical. Was that name in the Bible? I don't remember uh, Mitchell in the Bible. But then again. I never really now paid all that much attention about, about the, Bible to the Bible in the first place. Uh, I'm going to go with College World Series. Second baseman for Texas. Four there we start. go. George Clymer. Oh. You know the spelling? Yeah, please. C-L-Y-M-E-R. Are parents still naming their kids George? And you could say, okay, this kid's in his 18, 20, whatever. He's 18, 20, 18 to 22. Who's probably. the youngest George you know? That's the thing. Um, There's George Clooney <clears throat> sticks out, but like that's... He's like 60. Yeah. 
like our parents today, are their kids being born today being named George? But if you were a found, if I feel you like were, every kid today today is being named Jackson with two X's and a Y. But if you were around that time and you were in America, would you really name your kid George? Because King George, would you want him to be named after him? It's yes, it's seemingly continued to happen. Uh, I'm gonna go founding father. Wow! Just kidding. Don't you I can't thought it was psych me out series. like that. <laughs> I actually thought that one was. You wrong. made the game. You put this together. <laughs> I have five and zero start. That is correct. Caesar Rodney. I have a hard time believing there was a founding father named Caesar. They don't have to be founding fathers. They just have to be signers of the. What? They just let some random guy in. Hey, you want to sign this thing too, buddy? You got anything going on? We need a we need a fifty fifth signature. You'll do. This seems like a this seems like a regular season game against Vanderbilt. Oddly enough, so I will uh, I will pick College World Series. That's a bad loss. You just said you lost to Vanderbilt. Vanderbilt is bad at football, Nick. What? Part of the declaration, signy. What's his name? Caesar Rodney. I'm gonna do some research okay. on him. That puts you at five and one, by the way. You are uh, two and one. He's white. Conference play. I just need to brush up on my <laughs> on my names. All right, past the halfway point of the regular season. Adam Crampton. <laughs> Dude, Crampton is the most haughty, uppity name I've ever heard. Sir Crampton. Crampton. Dude. That's got to be a founding father. That's got to be a founding father. Is the Stanford shortstop. Crampton? <laughs> Dude. Uh, five and two. It makes sense he goes to Stanford, at least. You still have yet to gain bowl eligibility. The Harvard of the West, they say. Mm. Luke Hancock. Wait, that, that was the Louisville player. Well, this is a different guy. I feel like this should be... Hmm? This is not fair. <laughs> what? Luke Hancock played basketball for Louisville. Yeah, but in like twenty fourteen. Multiple Luke Hancocks. John Hancock's son. It, this could go either Brother. way. Well, I'm screwed now. I feel like I feel this is the first. The time. last loss rattled you. No, no, no. This is the first time in my in my career I feel a losing streak coming on. Like I feel like I've dug myself in a hole, and like no matter which way I answer, I'm getting it wrong. No matter what I answer, I'm, I've lost the team. I've lost the locker room. The walls are clo- closing in on me. I'm going to say Luke Hancock is a baseball player. College World Series. Good bounce back. Mississippi State first baseman. That's All like right. when, you don't, when you're not playing your best, but you still find a way to win. William Paca. Spelling. P-A-C-A. William Paca. Again, I just don't feel like there's many. I don't know any baseball players named William. Like, is there any in, the, in Major League Baseball named William? Oh, William is a low key, it's like super old name too. Like, what about Chiefs you, linebacker you William Gay? You, you, Willie. You know any? You know anybody named Bill? You know any people you, like your friends named Bill? Mm-mm. I have a friend named William. They call him Robbie. Will? I, I don't know. I don't know how. <laughs> I don't know. Middle name? I'm gonna say founding father. William Packa also founding father. All right, Lyman Hall. Lyman. You are seven and two, by the way. Give me spelling. L y m a n. Lyman. Lyman. I guess it could have been Lehman. I don't know. This is this is that weird intersection of could be weird baseball name, could be old ass founding father name. Old Lyman. Lyman. Old Lyman. Uh. Lyman. 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 I'm gonna say founding father. Eight and two. Elliot Avent. I wish, you know what would be funnier? You know what would be more entertaining and more informational? Is if you had like a nice little tidbit or a little nugget <laughs> okay. about each of these founding fathers so we could actually learn something while we play this stupid pointless we'll do that game. Next time. Elliot Avent. Elliot Avent. Yeah. I'm going to say College World Series. He's the head coach for NC State. All right, nine and two. You bounced off the back-to-back. Wait, losses. you didn't tell me there were head coaches involved in this. I just said college. Well, I did say player, but I lied. Too bad. I want one he of those earlier losses. Coach. I want one of those earlier losses reversed. 
Uh, NCAA will let you know in three years. Redmond Walsh. Redmond Walsh? Dude. That Redmond Walsh. Redmond. Redmond Walsh? Yeah, like Edmund with an R. Dude, that's got to be founding father. He's a pitcher for Tennessee. Redmond Walsh. That's rough. You were nine and two. If you won that game, you might have been in the playoff. Now you're nine and three. You're still in your uh, conference title game, but now you can't make the playoff. Okay, wait, wait. Where's your guess for where Redmond Walsh is from? I'm assuming from the South. Yeah, it's from Tennessee. Okay. Nelson. This is your conference championship game. Nelson Berkwich. Nelson Berkwich. Yes. College World Series. Pitcher for Vanderbilt. All right, you're on to uh, another New Year's Six Bowl. Didn't come up in the College World Series. But the consistency Fans I have, that's again. impressive. It's impressive that I'm yeah, able to get, to do this like, every year. You're like Kirby Smart. I haven't had point. one bad year. I haven't had one bad year. We are winning games every single year. We're better than your team. You know what? All the, all the haters out there, what's your coach doing? How many coaches have you went through during the time I've been at this place, my my current establishment. You guys have roster turn. You guys have coach turnover every five years. I'm I'm an establishment here. Chick Fil A Peach Bowl. Give it to me. Are you sure? Carter Braxton. Carter Braxton. You can opt out of the bowl. I'm sure. Carter Braxton. College World Series. Rough loss. Fans aren't happy. Forks are out. Deal with it. You should be so lucky to have me. All right. College World Series. Go Vanderbilt, I guess. This is Rock Chuck Sports Talk.